Hello and welcome. This is episode 41 of Inspiring Insights. So happy to see you all here again this week. Jiret Konastantu, Gramahagat, Ishmesha Aaron Edwards. That is Gaelic for hello, good day. How are you? Thank you for coming. My name is Aaron Edwards. My pronouns are they and them. And this is episode 41. So welcome, welcome everyone in. I'm absolutely overjoyed to be kicking off this podcast uh, in the middle of Indigenous History uh, Month here in what we know as Turtle Island, or sorry, what we know as Canada, um, what I usually call Turtle Island, and also um, coming toward a close during Pride Month. So I'm happy that everyone is here and and that we've had some incredible discussions so far this month, including today's guest, who I'm going to introduce in just one second. I want to say a special thanks to Juniper Naturopathic Clinic in Fort McMurray, Alberta, for sponsoring this episode. Thank you, the naturopathic doctors there in Fort McMurray. Um, if you would personally like to sponsor an episode or your business would, please get a hold of me and just put it in the subject line, sponsorship for inspiring insights uh, at hello at reawaken.com. Uh, sorry, reawakenco.com. <laughs> okay, so a little bit about me. I'm your host, Erin Edwards. I'm an operated Newfoundlander. I have Irish and Welsh descendants. I'm an offspring of two teachers. And I take that very seriously. I think I have much to learn and also much to step into in my own teachings here uh, on this podcast and in my own business, which is uh, soul-centered mindfulness. I also do retreats and mindfulness courses. The next one is coming up on Sunday, August 1st. Keep your eyes peeled for that. And so, like I said, here we are in Turtle Island. Uh, we take up space, Bryn and I both take up space in Tecoronto, otherwise known as Toronto. And this was a land, uh, this is a land that was and it still is tended by very many nations. And I want to give them a shout out today. Uh, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Wendat, the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, and more recently the Mississaugas of the Credit. And as a newcomer and a settler, I have been invited to lift the one spoon with all others here in this place and care for this land within the dish with one spoon wampum belt treaty. I commit to respectful collaboration and representation here on this podcast. And just as I have invited, I have been invited to lift the spoon. I invite you now all to peaceably lift that spoon as well and weave with me a new world of possibility uh, in wellness and healthcare and mindfulness and start paving the way for a more accessible, more beautiful and more defined wellness industry. That means, you know, I think we have to start with decolonizing our language, decolonizing our own careers and where our career paths take us, um, decolonizing the ways in which we think and act about medicine and healing and spirituality. And that also means uplifting and supporting folks in marginalized communities. And so using my voice for change here on this platform is one way that I do that to actually break cycles. And I'm happy to have Bryn Bamber here today as well. And we're going to talk a little bit about more about spirituality and healing and all that good stuff. You know, I think podcasts have so much potential for healing and this here Inspiring Insights is, I think, my true calling. It's definitely led to some soul-centered human transformation, and I cannot wait to introduce Bryn here today as well. So if you're out there in, in internet land, drop us a wave in the comments below. I want to say thank you for tuning in to this episode, and uh, feel free as we go along to write any comments in the chat box. And without further ado, Bryn Bamber, mental health professional, trained in core energetics. Thank you so much, Bryn. Let me read your bio and then we'll get right into this beautiful, amazing chat that we have lined up here today. So Bryn lived for years as a sensitive perfectionist with anxiety coursing through her veins and through core energetics, she began to find the root cause of why she's so anxious and takes steps to drastically reduce her suffering. 
She works with artists, healers, and entrepreneurs to help them overcome imposter syndrome and make more money with their own gifts through healing childhood habits, patterns, and trauma. Her story about the path to healing has been featured on Tiny Buddha, Introvert Deer, and the Courage Makers and Rare Birds podcasts. Friend, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Excited. Of course, of course. Okay, I need to ask you first and foremost, you're a mental health professional trained in core energetics. Uh, maybe give us a little background about that. And maybe even before that, tell us a little bit more about how you got here. How I, how I got into core energetics and mental health. Yeah, so um, I had high anxiety for a long time, but I, ha I had no idea that mm. I had it. Um, because it was my kind of norm. And so I just thought I was stressed and everyone was stressed and that, you know, my stress levels were nothing special. And I really started to wake up to um, maybe that, that, that my stress levels were too high when I graduated from university. I got a job at a nonprofit. I was super excited about the work I was doing. Mm. And within a year, I burnt out. So it was kind of like I got my dream job and then I burnt out from my dream job. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, I was at a real crossroads because I was like, I don't want to just apply for another job. I'm just, I just, I'm going to apply for the same job, but I can't do this job or, you know, I'm feeling incredibly drained at this job. And so what I decided to do was I went to an ashram, a yoga retreat and study center. And I initially I went for a month and then I extended and extended repeatedly. And I ended up living at this ashram for two years and studying yoga and meditation and, you know, became certified as a yoga teacher, um, but really did a lot of, really started my own healing journey. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that was the beginning of me realizing that I maybe had some <laughs> mental health struggles that I needed support with. And then uh, I ended up, yeah, moving, you know, leaving the ashram after two years, feeling like it was the right time. And um, I met someone, a, a, like a friend who was doing core energetics, and she invited me to one of her events. And literally when I like walked into the room and felt the energy of the room, I just felt at home mm. and I had a positive, you know, transformative experience. It was like a two hour evening session. And so then I, um, you know, joined a week or I think I did a weekend workshop and then I joined a weekly group. And so I was starting to have my own transformations through core energetics. And, and I, I, shortly thereafter, I decided to go all in and get certified. I was like, this works, it's working for me. And so I want more of this and I wanna be able to share this with others. And so what is core energetics? <laughs> Yeah, um, what is it? So it's so it's in the Freudian lineage. So it shares some similarities to um, traditional psychoanalysis, where we're looking at you know patterns and habits from childhood. As a child, you often have to choose attachment over authenticity, mm. and to, to maintain the, the connection to your primary caregivers. And so, you know, that can, 
that that can carry into adulthood and we can be choosing attachment over authenticity when it's no longer required. When we're kids, we can't, we can't say, I want to move to a different house or I want a different parent. We have to make it work with the folks that are raising us. Um, but as adults, if you are in an incredibly toxic relationship or workplace, you have more choice, you can change. But sometimes, you know, these neural pathways are, are formed of this is how to relate, this is how to be in relationship, is by, you know, maybe people pleasing, mm -hmm. as an example. So, so part of the work is just kind of, you know, looking at what happened in childhood, how's it impacting your life now? Do you want to keep it? Do you want to change it? Um, some of the, the ways that it kind of is different than more traditional psychotherapy is there's a somatic component. So we work a lot with emotions in the body. And one example of, of that is if you imagine a five-year-old that's super angry and wants to stomp and rage and but can't it hasn't gone well with the caregivers in the past so the child is like okay i need to not not mm. have a temper tantrum got it the way that a child will stop that is literally like tensing their arms holding their arms down by their sides holding their breath slightly and and you know physically restraining Mm -hmm. So if you do that for years, or in, in some cases, decades, you're, you're going to um, develop chronic tension. So people who have suppressed anger often have or chronic tension in their shoulders, their neck, their jaw, all the places where the energy goes when you're angry and you want to just like, you know, growl and... Right. Punch, but you you stop it. So so part of the work I'm doing with clients as well is different movements, uh, putting pressure sometimes on you know the shoulders or on the jaw if we're working with suppress anger mm. to physically physically move it because sometimes what can happen when we're looking at kind of that that attachment over authenticity thing is you can say, oh, I always people please and I want to change it, but it sometimes it's embedded in our bodies. And mm. so it can be very hard to change in our life now if if these patterns of being are still there. And then kind of a third element is um, there's a spiritual and energetic element of core energetics. So looking at, you know, part of the work can be looking at, you know, what is your life path and, and what is your intuition telling you and, and you know, how do you want to help heal the world and what, what are the gifts you want to bring to the world? that answer <laughs> yeah I so I had not heard about core energetics before this and yeah that paints a really good picture Brent thank you for describing that and I get in the sense that and I want just want to repeat some things that you said so we can kind of clarify so there's there is this kind of psychological maybe talk therapy piece of it and then three overarching things. So that being one of them, the second being this kind of somatic experience. So you see people one-on-one -on -one in person mm -hmm. um, and you might, yeah, be that person to offer them some guidance as to some physical things that might be going on in their body. Mm -hmm. Okay, nice. And then third, the spiritual component, which in my opinion, if I can humbly state my opinion here. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of spiritual component in uh, what I've seen, you know, in, in general, like I'm trained as a naturopathic doctor. 
I don't practice right now, but I kind of was drawn more to naturopathic medicine because it said that it connected mind, body, spirit. But what I really didn't see it doing as I, you know, went through the program is just that is how to actually teach us to connect and spirituality to me. Maybe I'll get I'll get your thoughts on this as well. Spirituality to me is just feeling more connected to something, connecting to an outside source, whatever that is, just being able to be in flow with that. What are your thoughts on, on I guess, what spirituality is? Because I know that it's becoming more, there's this whole new wave kind of spiritual approach, uh, Gen Z, Gen, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the new generations coming up through and all the millennials are kind of in it now as well. And I, I fall into that. Um, but trying to find like a real authenticity about it. So yeah, maybe in your own words, what what is spirituality? Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, just to say one more thing about core energetics, those things are all woven together. Mm, So mm -hmm. in the course of a session, we'll start, you know, often a client will come and say, you know, I got in a fight with a friend and and we'll talk about it. And then we'll, I'll say, okay, how do you feel in your body Mm. when you tell me this story? And then maybe we'll work with the body and then maybe we'll work with intuition, you know? So it's all kind of, it's not really like, oh, we have one session where we just talk the whole session. That's kind of rare. It's more that, all, all three are integrated. Nice. And yes, I do. I have some clients that come to me because they're seeing a therapist or some sort of mental health professional, but they feel like they can't share some of their spiritual beliefs. So I have had some clients that specifically come to me because they feel like they have to kind of hide a part of themselves that is you know, for some people, not for everybody, but for some people, it's a big, important part. And so, you know, it's helpful for them to, to work with someone who can fully, like, go into the woo with mm-hmm. them and, and explore it from, you know, a mental health perspective. Um, okay, what is spirituality? So I guess I really started to explore my spirituality at the ashram. That was kind of where I started to connect. Um, And, you know, I, one of the philosophies of the ashram that I lived at and that I, I subscribe to is that there are many, many paths to the light. At the ashram, we called it the light. You know, some people call it God, some people call it the universe. Um, you know, Mother Earth, what, what, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and so I really believe that, you know, in all of the, the world's religions, there is kind of, there are some people who are using that religion to move towards, you know, becoming a better person and, and living out their life's purpose. And I also want to acknowledge that nearly every religion, if not every religion, has been, you know, wielded by folks who who use it in a in a way that's destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that there there are many many paths, and and part, you know, a, a, I guess a big component. I really live my life based on a connection with some sort of higher power and and um i love like bringing it into the minutia and into building my business and deciding to write what instagram caption to write like i'm like all in in having kind of um, you know, I'm, I'm working with one coach right now and she talks about the spirit of your business. Mm-hmm. Your business has a spirit. There's some, um, you know, there's some thing from the spiritual realm that wants to come through, that wants to come to planet Earth and you can be the vessel if you choose to accept it. So I love, you know, I love her 
language and the way she talks about it. And then I'll read other people who talk about it in different ways. So um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not subscribed to like one particular, um, I don't know, text or mm -hmm. body of body of spiritual teachings. Although, I mean, what I learned at the ashram has probably influenced me the most, but I love reading books, you know, from, from different spiritual traditions and different spiritual teachers and, you know, reading Pema Chodron and Buddhism and reading, you know, Christian mysticism and yeah, some of the yogic texts that I've read. Mm -hmm. Yes. And thank you for saying that, you know, the, the abuse of power is, um, you know, not something to just be skimmed over. And I think maybe too, there is this sense, at least in the circles that I kind of grew up in, that there's this almost like this rebuttal or this resistance against religion, but not necessarily against spirituality. Mm -hmm. Um, and you work specifically with folks who, who you call spiritual seekers, you know, people who are out there looking for what you describe as something that, yeah, that is maybe a higher power or something that's bigger than them. And I, I'm curious as to how you find those folks, you know, how those people <laughs> say, okay, I, I'm at my therapist and I, I feel like I'm still hiding a part of myself. Who else, like, who can I go see that will accept me or that part of me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's a bunch of different ways. I mean, there, there are communities that I've been a part of and that I've met people and those people have, have reached out. There's Facebook groups, you mm -hmm. know, like, I started posting a little bit more recently in um, heart-centered, soul-driven entrepreneurs, which is a like a free Facebook group, and they kind of have like a day of the week. You you have to follow their um, what day it is, but okay. Uh, you know, I had yeah, I had a initial call, like a consultation call with someone. I think it was oh no, it was yesterday. I'm like was today but no it was yesterday um from that group who you know she's in a group that's called soul driven mm -hmm. entrepreneurs so you know that's kind of a a cool way and then and then other people it's, it's word of mouth right like yes clients of mine have friends who are like oh i can't talk about xyz with my therapist and they say oh well i'm working with this mental health professional who's deep <laughs> deep into the woo so you know why don't you have yeah talk to her and see if it's a fit so all the all the ways yes all yeah, the ways sure. but yeah I think just trying to you know talk about it and share about it and 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 yeah share about things that have helped me and if it touches someone mm -hmm. then that's great and if it and if they want to, if it touches them so deeply, they want to reach out, then that's great. Nice. Yeah. And you mentioned the woo. I, I feel like there is this sort of like, you know, people are almost reclaiming that in a way, yeah. <laughs> like the woo woo, like, okay, it's, are that, like, is that person like kind of into it? Because that's where I'm at, you know, and that's who I want to see, which is awesome. Um, you mentioned that you also were, you know, or still are, I guess, a highly sensitive person, Bryn. Um, and there are a lot of folks out there that I think would also identify as, you know, maybe a HSP, highly sensitive person, or someone who's an empath. Um, do you have any sort of advice for someone who's kind of struggling with that lens or with that identity and because this world today is so fast paced, this world is, you know, really, it goes against the grain for sure of, of all the folks out there who maybe need extra time or space or, 
um, as extra support, maybe in, in a world that really doesn't offer it. Um, I'm sure you work with those folks, you know, what would be your advice to those people? Yeah, I mean, one thing that was very healing for me was, and this may sound corny, but it was like joining one of the HSP Facebook groups and just mm. reading all these po posts of people being like, the fluorescent lighting at the grocery store is like gives me a headache and and no you know noise and being attuned to other people's emotions and just reading post after post after post and just being like oh my god i'm not alone i'm not broken i'm not you know like just feeling this sense of like oh me too me too me too yes <laughs> with with so much of that and yeah and and I, I think that was my first step in really um starting to heal and and just accept who I am this is who I am and yeah I hate malls and <laughs> You're allowed to hate malls. Yeah, and I love nature and 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 yeah, maybe some people don't get it. Maybe some people don't understand. And that's okay. Like to start to learn that you know, I I think one of the most important things as a highly sensitive person and also the most difficult thing as a highly sensitive person is to advocate for your needs to stand up for yourself to set boundaries to say you know i can't share a hotel room with four other people it stresses me out or whatever you know a lot of what comes to mind is like family holiday time with families or trips you know and if if other members of your family are not highly sensitive, they might be like, oh, why do you need, why yes. do you need alone time? Or why do you need this? Or why do you need that? And, and to just, you don't have to explain, you know, and just to say, yeah, this is what I need. And I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do what I need, or I'm gonna, shorten the amount of time I'm at a family holiday if it's, you know, very intense and loud and chaotic for your nervous system. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, starting to learn your needs to, to read about it. I haven't really read the book. The Facebook group really did it for me. I know other people, I can't remember who wrote the kind of seminal book on HSPs, but, you know, that can be a resource. There's tons of podcasts and everything, but yes. to kind of just, however you learn and, and take information to learn that these, these are, this is what you need. And then to start to advocate for it, even if other people don't understand or don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And thank you for that. So I, I actually have read, um, the highly sensitive person, which is by Elaine Aaron. I think that came out right. in 1995, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but more recently, she republished or published another book under the same title, but it was, it's the workbook. It's a, a workbook guide for highly sensitive persons or something like that. And I think it came out in like 2018, maybe. Um, and I found that book way more, you know, the 1995 one was great. Um, and she speaks a lot to the research and all that that she's done. And then also the 2018 one was a little bit more up to date. And it just, you know, talked about real world issues that we can all relate to nowadays. <laughs> mm. um, and I, yeah, I, I would recommend any of the listeners out there to definitely read that book. It's really good. So her, her name is Elaine Aaron. And I think you just spell it. Um, her last name is A-R-O-N. Yeah. But that's great. Great to know, Bryn, that, you know, the Facebook groups are out there as well to just say hi, hello, and 
to know you're not alone, that this experience is, you know, everything that we're experiencing is unique to us in our own way, but also there are tons of people out there that are, you know, struggling with this, the way that the world is set up. So I, I think that's very comforting in itself. Yeah. And I honestly, I don't think I posted very much or commented like for me and, and I'm not prescribing, you can do whatever you want, but for me somehow there's something healing in just being like, oh, there's thousands of people in this group mm -hmm. and they all have <laughs> very, very, all of the posts are very relatable to me. And, yes. and just being like, okay, I'm not broken. There's nothing mm. wrong here. I get to not like fluorescent lights and, and, <laughs> and attend to that. And I don't have to change or try and fit in with the world that mm. has a lot of fluorescent lights, frankly. Yes. Yes. The world has a ton of fluorescence. <laughs> I, I really like that, friend. Thank you for sharing that. I want to talk a little bit about this concept that I know that you um, use in your practice called aligned badness. What is that? What is it all about? Uh, I sense it has something to do with kind of resisting the patriarchy a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Tell us more. Yeah. So So this is a concept that I started to kind of create for myself when I was struggling with, um, yeah, just wanting to, to be perfect and to be good and to not hurt anybody ever. And I had this one session with my coach, the coach I'm working with, where she was like, we kind of explored, like, can you go through life without hurting anyone? And even if you shut up and you hide in a room and you don't say anything, you don't state any strong opinions, somebody's still going to be hurt by that in some way. And if you go out and you speak your truth, other people are not going to like it and and might feel hurt. And so she was like, what if it's good to be bad? What if it's just good to be bad? And my brain was like, Pfft. like my brain was like, I could feel literal static in my head. Like it was not <laughs> computing. Like I was like, I, I want to be on board. And my brain is like, <laughs> and so you know, we kind of left it there. And then the next week we were talking about it and we talked about aligned badness because, you know, patriarchy, those of us who were socialized as women, there are all these rules of being nice, being thin, being pretty, taking care of everyone else, putting our needs last, um, being agreeable, all of these things. And so in order to un like deprogram all these messages, there's like, what? I don't know, 127 or probably more of, and so like in terms of, you know, doing thought work, it's like I could work on each one individually. <laughs> At and, least 127. And, yeah, and it's, good to have an opinion. It's good to make money. It's good to, or the shortcut is what if it's just good to be bad, but in an aligned way. That's like my caveat because I can't get behind bad for the sake of being bad, bad for the sake of like purposely hurting people. No, I, my right. brain can't do that. But I can get behind this idea of aligned badness of you know, breaking rules, breaking stereotypes, and, and yeah, just, uh, you know, I've been using it with my clients and even, like, the expectations that are placed on mothers are 
even wilder. <laughs> yes. And and so working with, you know, mothers and saying, what if you're just a bad mom? <laughs> and and one client that we've been working on, she can be a bad mom and a good dad because society's expectations of men parents is just such a different she was like oh my god that would be so easy <laughs> so much so playing kind of playing with language to to create shortcuts and create more you know to get rid of perfectionism to to get to the juiciness of life, to the things that we're excited about, we're passionate about, that we need. And, and if anyone's listening, wants some homework, mm. I would just say, do some, do some aligned badness. Find something that feels kind of bad, kind of breaking the rules, in alignment with your heart, and go go do that today or this week. Mm. I can think of one example, Bryn, for anyone out there. And I, I feel like this was a real struggle that I had when I was coming out as non-binary because I, you know, the non-binary, literally you exist in no categorization and you right. just create your own, right? Or you once and for all just disintegrate all the categories. <laughs> and ask exactly for what you need. And yeah, I think that was kind of a step in my own aligned badness, as you say, because I started to, I started to overcome these, the voices in the back of my head that said, who are you to do that? Right. Who are you to break out of that cycle? Who do you think you are? Yeah. yeah. Who do you think you are doing that? Asking for people to, to change your pronouns, asking for people to accept you the way that you are. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought, right? And it's hard work. I yeah. I feel that there was this almost this these voices in the back of my head just constantly whispering in my ear saying, "You're not worthy to do that." Mm. You know, who are you? And I loved I actually was motivated by that to say, okay, I need, you know, I am, I actually am worthy here. And like, why do I have these voices going on? And what is that pattern that I've been trained maybe since childhood, you know, in the attachment versus authenticity yeah. uh, pattern of where am I showing up and how am I showing up and who am I performing for? And why mm -hmm. am I even performing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's totally part of the patriarchal programming, right? If you are born with certain organs, then you have to, you know, identify this way. Yes. And yeah, so it's, yeah, really powerful. And I imagine, you know, difficult in some ways to, to stand up for what's right for you and to trust yourself and to yeah say I'm yes. worthy of this and I get to take up space and I get to say yeah no this doesn't work for me and yes mm. this does and yes. yeah the you know the world is not always gonna be on your side and and some parts of the world always will be and other parts won't um with all of these things but I kind of like that's why I kind of like the word aligned badness because then if someone says you're bad you're like yeah nice that's the, that was my homework was to be bad so <laughs> yeah and I'm right. doing my homework <laughs> wow I love that so yes everyone out there in podcast land or in YouTube land, your challenge for the day, and maybe you can write that in the comments, how are you going to be aligned and also bad? Yeah, and it can be, you know, small things. It can be, you know, like 
going and getting some ice cream or drinking a beer and it can be you know saying no to a family member or um stating your opinion online even if not everyone is is going to agree with you or you imagine some people won't agree with you so there's mm. a whole spectrum wearing an outfit that makes you feel good whether it's very sexy or modest or somewhere in between or you know loud colors or soft color like but whatever feels good to you like there's so <laughs> unfortunately there are so many things that we've been told yes. are bad so so much to choose from <laughs> yeah i'm sure we can all think of a couple out there I, I want to just touch on something that just popped into my head, Bryn, which is this concept of, okay, how do I step into, you know, what some folks would call my own power, my al own aligned badness. Mm -hmm. How do I step into that without seeming or behaving super cocky or maybe taking that, that element of power that we touch on and abusing it, right? Right, right, right. How do we stay rooted? How do we remain in our in our truth as we go forward in that? Yeah, so I love that. I love this question because I ran a workshop last week called How to Be Cocky. Nice, nice. <laughs> because I think that's a message that a lot of us are given as well. Be confident, be strong, but don't be cocky. Right. So there's this narrow, I feel like, the patriarchy gives us so many narrow passages that we're supposed to fit into. Be pretty, but not too sexy. Not Don't be a slut. Don't be a whore. But be pretty. Don't be ugly. Don't be a slut. Like, but it's like this narrow path that we're supposed to fit on. And be confident. Have self-worth. You don't want to have low self-esteem. People with low self-esteem end up in abusive relationships. da 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 but don't be cocky, but don't get too big for your britches. Don't be a diva. Don't. Right. So I ran the workshop, how to be cocky, not to teach people to stomp on the little guy, <laughs> but to have what I called confidence without limits, confidence without some external thing policing you. And one of the things that was interesting from the participants in the workshop is what some of them said is because I um, one of the exercises we did is I put them in breakout rooms in pairs and they had to talk about something they did well in the past 12 months mm. and just to practice bragging <laughs> to practice you know talking positively about themselves um, and some of the participants said, I, some of the participants felt uncomfortable doing it, even with the assignment as to do it. And other participants said, I felt safe doing it here because it was assigned. Mm -hmm. But I know that if I step out into the world and do it there, I'll, there will be people who will police me. And even... Um, this image came for us in the workshop because I, you know, I work with the body of like, you're really proud of yourself and you have this balloon that grows in your chest, this like excitement and elatement. And what if someone comes and pops it? Mm. Because I think we've all experienced that where you're proud of yourself and you say, oh, like, look what I did. And then someone says, oh, like, why are you? Why are you bragging or why are you taking up so much space? Totally. And so, um, yeah, one of, the, one of the assignments I gave everyone in the workshop and I'll give everyone on the podcast, I'm giving you all a lot of homework. <laughs> I know you didn't sign up for it, but, you know, obviously you can pick and choose. But I, I really recommend you do at least one of the homeworks we're giving you because they're life-changing homework. Um, but one of the things we talked about in the workshop is having a brag buddy. 
So having a friend, someone you're close with, maybe it's someone who's in a similar industry as you, maybe it's just a, a good friend that you text a brag a day. Mm. Because it's, a, again, this safe space where no one's going to shit on you. You know, it's a collective thing where we want to, we want to build our muscle of talking positively about ourselves. So many of us, that's difficult to do in whether it's in our head or out loud. And so to start to build that. And I think to answer your question about hurting people, how do we make sure we don't hurt people? Um, none of us are perfect. We're all gonna hurt people sometimes. If we need to, we can make amends. Mm -hmm. You know, if we if we feel like we've done something and we need to apologize and make amends in some way, we can. And I think that by sharing, by stepping into your power, whatever you call it, having confidence without limits, there's so much healing and good you're going to bring into the world and know you're not going to be perfect all the time and that's okay but but the good is going to far outweigh the bad and and my sense is that you know the people who follow you Aaron probably have a strong conscience <laughs> and yeah whether it's you know working, you know, like facing our own white supremacy or, or whatever sometimes comes up and maybe gets pointed out to us or we pointed out to ourselves, you know, to, to do, do what we need to do to read the books and educate ourselves and yeah, to take those steps. But yeah my sense is just from knowing you the the little bit that i know you so far is that the people that are listening probably probably yeah probably actually beat themselves too much <laughs> too much rather than like don't have a i don't think this is like the bro jock podcast that maybe those folks could could use a little anti-oppression training. Yeah, and you never know out there who's watching. I yeah, I I feel as though it's important to know um to not always speak to the choir, you know, to not always preach to the choir. So it's yeah, and I asked that question because that reason, you know, there there's a sense of the abuser you know, the abused becomes the abuser kind of thing. Yeah. So how do we, um, yeah, take that. And, and we're all on journeys, like you said, and we all, we can't necessarily not hurt someone or people, um, but it is what you take away from that experience and then go forward and, and act on after, you know, you've mm -hmm. made a mistake or anything like that. So there's a sense of like responsibility in a way. And a lot of my followers, are white settlers, you know, and, and they're grappling with their own sense of, you know, rootedness in North America. Um, and I think for one way, that's, that's a really good reason to actually do some more work in terms of core energetics or even psychotherapy or somatic embodiment experiences, because there, there's so much that lives in our bodies and our psyches that we don't even know about that we can't even intellectually understand <laughs> that we yeah. can't put into words yeah yeah and of course you know hurt people hurt people right i'm yes. sure you've heard that phrase and so the more that we heal ourselves as well as educate ourselves you know the less we lash out in you know kind of in an unconscious way but yeah i think you're right it we all make mistakes but it's how you handle 
the mistakes afterwards that really that's where you have the choice if i could give you a pill that would make you never make a mistake i would give it to you but i haven't found that pill yet <laughs> or that strat that three-point strategy so yeah i'm not sure if we would grow that much if we had those <laughs> right yeah Bryn, do you have any workshops coming up um how can folks get in get in contact with you or follow you yeah. So, I mean, I have a podcast. It's called the Sacred Mental Health Podcast. So if you're interested in that, um, check it out. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, blah, 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 Stitcher, all Google, all the, I think it's on like eight. So probably if you, whichever one you use, it's probably there. Um, I have a free workshop. I don't know. I think I might charge like three dollars for this workshop but anyways uh it's called money magic that's coming up in july i don't have the date off the top of my head but maybe i can give it to you and we can put it in the show notes maybe july 23rd at 7 p.m but sure. check the show notes folks um so if you want to yeah do some money magic transform three dollars into something else uh that I think is going to be really fun. And if anyone is interested in the one-on-one -on -one work and exploring whether that's the right fit, I'd love to offer you a free one-hour consultation where we can talk about whatever you're struggling with, what your goals are, your dreams are, your your vision is, and and whether we're the right fit and you know, have a chance to ask me any questions you might have about that kind of work. So um, if folks are interested in that, they can email me at Bryn at BrynBamber.com or send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn, all the, all the places. All the places yeah. we're contactable for sure. And just so everybody knows, Bryn is spelled B. R-Y-N, and then Bamber is B-A-M-B-E-R. Check Bren out on Instagram or your preferred platform, uh, your podcast. Uh, it, what's it called again, if you could repeat that? Sacred Mental Health. Sacred Mental Health. Amazing. Amazing, 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 Bryn. Thank you so much. You've, you've only just skimmed the surface of, you know, what you do and, and how you go about doing it and even your experience. And I, I honor that and I thank you so much for for bringing that into the space today and for sharing it with everyone here today. So yeah, thank, thank you. you so much for having me. Amazing. Thanks, folks. And thanks again to Juniper Naturopathic Clinic in Fort McMurray, Alberta, for sponsoring this episode. Uh, we're here every Wednesday night offering live Inspiring Insights podcast episodes. If you'd like to tune in, just uh, go onto YouTube and type in Reawaken Co. Inspiring Insights. We're the same on Spotify and a bunch of other <laughs> uh, podcast platforms. Thank you and have a lovely evening. <laughs>